Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host, Keith Myers, we're here to preview the Seahawks at Los Angeles Chargers game this coming Sunday. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, it's um, this is kind of a big game for Seattle because the Chargers are um, four and two. They're a good team. They are in first place in their division, um, and the Second Seahawks place. are Second. well. They're well, tech, first. All right, technically, yeah, um, But they're this is a team that is expected to be competitive um, in the playoffs and and push. Kansas City and Buffalo, um, you know, and make those teams earn their shot at a at a Super Bowl. Um, and if Seattle wants to be considered a contender here and and someone who can do something in the playoffs, um, this is a team you 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 got to judge yourself against. They've done a good job the last um, few weeks of you know really moving the ball and doing some stuff offensively. Last week they the defense really came together. And if, if last week was an aberration, I think it'll show this week, but if it wasn't, if this team is, is, you know, has legitimately turned a corner, it could very easily show up here in this game. Yeah. Interesting. You know, the chargers started slow. I think they were one and two out of the gate. They won their last three. Um, I think everybody heard about or watched that Monday night game against uh, the Denver Broncos um where they they kind of won that thing in the end um on a on a field goal and um it's interesting because expectations were high for the chargers this year they they went into that thing last year with the um with the raiders and lost that game at the very end of the year and the raiders went into the playoffs with Derek carr and justin hubert went home everyone thought it was going to be kind of the opposite way they just weren't quite there yet but they rebuilt their roster a little bit uh brought in khalil mack and free agency let uh nuasu go uh instead and um but they're off their their defense is kind of middling still uh so that one move really didn't help them they also brought in jc jackson uh the cornerback paid him a league leading uh salary uh but he's been completely ineffective in fact i think the um the passer rating allowed against him this year is 155.8 the second worst 155 point or no it's 158.3 I yeah, was like, isn't yeah. that the highest it's close possible? it's it's darn close to to allowing pretty much everything that's been thrown his way to be uh caught and um and so he he just hasn't adjusted yet he came in uh after ankle surgery uh late in the off season and missed the first two games so he's been kind of uh limping back a little bit but this is a this is one of those test games for the Seahawks at three and three first place in the NFC West um the, the team kind of came alive last week on the defensive side of the ball for the first time. I thought this um, this season so far, the offense has kind of clearly been consistent uh, for the most part the last couple games and um, for the better part of the of the season. Geno Smith has turned out to be one of the best quarterbacks statistically in the NFL so far uh, this year, and they look to build on that in this game uh, on the offensive side, and I think they can do that against this Charger defense. 
the the real thing to watch, and there's a few things to watch on the offensive side as well, but the real thing I think to watch, Keith, is what can they duplicate out of that Cardinals game going forward scheme-wise and personnel-wise that they can take to this team, a very aggressive uh, offense, a team that's going to throw the ball about 40, 45 times a game with Justin mm-hmm. Hubert. They're going to run maybe uh, Eckler out there uh, a dozen times or so and, and hope to pick up 65 to 85 yards. That's about what they average per game, but they're averaging almost 275 yards passing per game, uh, seventh-ranked offense coming in. And that's been without um, their best weapon for most of the season too. Um, Keenan Allen's been out for, for a big chunk here and it showed within this offense and he's been practicing this week. He's been limited in practice, but he's been practicing really good chance that he is going to play. Um, in fact, if I was a CX, I'd counting on it because mm-hmm. he is practicing. So, uh, and that really, that really boosts that offense because he's a legit number one when, when healthy, his problem has been that he isn't healthy very often but you know he's he's a tough guy to cover and so he'll draw Tariq Woolen and then it'll be up to um uh, you know Mike Williams then I becomes like that the, matchup um Mike Williams then becomes the um the guy that looks to benefit with by not having Tariq Woolen on him all game um, oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna um challenge you on that just a little bit and I'm gonna then then the reason I can say that is because I cheated a little bit um, I think Kobe Bryant's going to be matched up on Keenan Allen more um, if if Keenan Allen plays, at least according to Kobe Bryant. He he came on and had a little press conference, and he talked about Keenan Allen playing out of the slot quite a bit, and so he was looking forward to that matchup. Um, that doesn't mean he doesn't he's not going to be on the outside. Tariq's going to cover him, uh, but I think that Mike Williams is probably going to get Tariq more often. That's just me. Um, yeah, I mean, it might, it might be. I was just looking at this matchup. I'd want Woolen on Allen because Allen's the better receiver. He's the more complete guy. He's, mm-hmm. He does everything you could want a receiver to do. Um, and I would want, I would want your best corner on him. Um, not that, I mean, Mike Williams is a good player, but he's not Keenan Allen. He's, you know, um, well, let me ask you this that next year. Are the Seahawks um, doing what they used to do with Sherman early in Sherman's career and just playing him on one side and, and whoever's lined up against him, that's the guy. You know, they've done a little of both. Um, Woolen followed Sutton around in the first week. Um, and then in other games, he, they've just gone with sides. Uh, and so uh, they've, this coaching staff has been more adaptive um, and willing to, okay, if we need Woolen on a guy, we can do that. Or if we feel that we don't have to make that switch, we can leave them in their positions and let the, you know, just kind of let the, uh, the defense do its thing. So it's interesting. And I don't know what the game plan will be here, but I would still prefer to have Treat Woolen on Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm kind of excited actually. I think Woolen's got a really good shot at getting his fifth interception in five consecutive games because, um, Justin Hubert takes some shots and he takes some chances and he kind of threads the needle a little bit. And, mm-hmm. Woolen has shown himself to be a very competent corner uh, early on in his career and able oh, yeah. to um, bait uh, quarterback throws into certain situations and so forth. I'm just, I'm so excited to kind of watch this thing because I think it's really a key to, to the defense here as far as being able to generate uh, some turnovers. 
against this team, get their offense off the field. I think as we've seen, um, and, and, and we talked about tempering, uh, uh, our expectations a little bit on this defense and what we saw against the Cardinals. While yes, we can duplicate scheme and so forth, we're going against a much more competent offense, well-rounded offense, an offense that has Eckler in there receiving the ball out of the backfield can also run. Hubert's great. They've got Keenan Allen. Um, you know, it, it's going to be and Gerald Everett's out there. Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer probably is going to end up missing this game. He's got a concussion. He mm-hmm. led their uh, team while Keenan Allen's been out in receptions. He had nine last game against the the Broncos. So they've got a really nice offense that's that's can can hit you like fast and and yeah. quick. And we'll see how the Seahawks respond to this. It'll be a very good test. What do you expect on the other side of the ball, Keith? Um, so they're with their defense, like it, it's weird because they they brought it. They spent a lot of money to bring in talent, and um, yeah, they did. Some of it has panned out and some of it really hasn't. Um, I like what, you know, Khalil Mack is still just kind of a special player and um, he just blows up plays on his own. Um, and he's a guy that you really have to account for. Uh, but at the same time, like as a defense, even with all the money they spent, they went from being awful to mediocre. Um, there's not as much within that defense um they're they're just not dynamic i mean derwin james is I, let, let's make sure that is included um he leads the team in tackles he's very good yep. uh, khalil mack is very good um but overall when you start looking at it um there's not a lot of guys on here that really move the needle um asante samuel jr does uh at corner and now a word from our sponsor DraftKings. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. They're a very middling uh, defense so far. I think I've reached the end of the people who truly move the needle as far as, you know, (laughs) with all of that, with those three guys. And so I I struggle to, um, to think that they're have a defense that's good enough to compete. I expected them to, um, I think but that was the key just, to their offseason was trying to get that defense right. Yeah, and I think they, and, they're still a player or two away. I mean, they're averaging 350 yards a game um, against them, 25.3 points. Mm-hmm. That's in the bottom third of the league. Um, passing yards, 224. Rushing yards allowed, 125. That's ranked 23rd. Um, yep. Derwin James, you said, had 55 tackles. Um, Khalil Max having a, a decent uh, season with seven 
tackles for loss and six sacks so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Asante Samuels, their best corner. Um, I mean, with it's never a good thing when you're when a safety is leading your team in tackles. That's true. That's that's so true. Because um, yeah, that's Derwin James at fifty-five tackles is leading the team. Drew Tranquil um, at fifty is second, and then it's a big gap before you start running into the other linebackers at 25 and 23. That's um, why I think the Seahawks offense is actually going to be able to continue to do what they've been doing in this game. Basically, uh, and, and Ken Walker, I expect actually to have a really nice game no, here. I would agree uh, with well that. Well over 100 yards. I think that might be one of the keys to the game is is time of possession. And um, I still see it you know, in the Chargers' favor. Um, but I think Seattle can can keep that statistically close with ken walker uh you know having 15 17 18 touches in this game at least from the running back position running the ball when and over 100 yards i think we can kind of control the clock a little bit and um and geno smith is is just a huge x factor in this game um he kind of came back to earth a little bit in this last game it wasn't quite as dynamic i still thought he played well better maybe than his stats kind of showed and in this game i do expect him to be statistically back up right up there and making throws uh completing uh balls down the mm -hmm. field setting up the offense really well using the tight ends Um, i didn't think gino played poorly in this game in last this last game uh yeah his stats didn't look as impressive um and then what was it? Six point four yards per attempt is never going to um, impress anybody. But overall, the, the team was playing with a lead for most of the time, and they had a defense that was dominating the other team. They ran the ball a lot more than you know, a lot more plays than I think um, everyone's used to. And they went ahead and, and by doing that, they tried to run the clock and shorten the game and 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 all of that. And for the most part, it worked. And so I'm not as, I'm just really not as concerned about it because uh, he just wasn't being asked to go out and dominate because the defense finally stepped up. And I, I don't know. I I don't consider this, this a bad game, despite the, the, what's the stats say, go, go watch the, watch the tape. He played pretty well in that game. I agree. I, I think he did. Um, Okay, so question for you. How do we attack San Diego? What do you expect out of our offensive players? Statistically, like, who's the wide receiver between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that's going to have a better game in this game? Ooh, um, I would say I think expect DK to do better in this game. That's very, Um, very interesting. Because there's a couple of reasons. One, um, uh, Lockett's got a, a tweaked hamstring. He's been limited in practice he's still practicing he's gonna play don't think that he's not but he's you know been limited and, and all of that but i also just think that you look at at um asante samuel jr and he is a guy who's he's a really good player um and very sticky mm-hmm. in coverage but he's not a guy that's going to out jump the six foot three dk metcalf Right, um, Metcalf is going to be able to go up and win contested catches. What about C.J. Jackson against this in this matchup? <sighs> he's been struggling, but man, he's still a good corner. Ha- is he? Are you sure? 
<laughs> well, he was before he landed here. You know, he, was, he had the he ankle thing, and I think that that's impacting him. It is. Um, it's really, it's really impacting his ability to cut. And so it's, it's you watch, and what you see is you see guys getting separation off their break, and um, as his ankle gets healthier, he'll go back to being more like what you saw um, in yeah. the past, I believe. Because I don't think this is a situation where a guy got gets paid and then just um, stops trying, type of situation. You know what I mean? Because that does. Yeah. Happen. In fact, he had comments come out this week that he was going to be first in the building, last out this week, and studying and so forth. But I think some of that comes from um, just trying to be better on tape and and know receivers' tendencies and so forth, so he can anticipate a little bit better because he's not mm-hmm. reacting as well as he's used to um, doing so. He's also um, not on. He's also not on the injury report, and hasn't been. So yeah, he had that ankle, but the idea that he is um, limited, yeah, that yeah, that he's like super limited um, in terms of his ankle. I don't. I think that's overblown. Interesting. So let's let's turn it around uh, on the defensive side, Keith. Uh, this week, it came out uh, in both Pete Carroll's press conference and then uh, press conferences of a couple of the players specifically Puna Ford uh, and Quentin Jefferson came out and talked about scheme changes and tweaks. Mm-hmm. Um, can you allude to that a little bit and talk about so what they, that means from, from yeah. last game to then carrying it over into the future? They changed. So the, as we, you know, we talk about a three, four and a four, three and, and, and all of that stuff often. Um, and some of it is simply that they are trying to make this transition but at the same time, they don't want to be completely um, one or the other. They want to be multiple. They want to be adjustable. They want to be able to do everything. Um, and they've been trying to be a 3-4 defense without 3-4 personnel for the most part. And it is it hasn't worked. That's why they're they're just really bad against the run. And they just been only honestly, they've been just really bad on defense. And then they decided to, okay, if we're going to be multiple and we're going to be able to do all those things, let's go be, let's try that. Uh, again and not just shoehorn in this three four thing and they they went to a instead of a two gap system they went to a one gap system where basically one of the two outside linebackers kind of declares as a defensive end each play based on offensive formation and everyone attacks a gap rather than asking people to stack uh, alignment and and shed a block and and that kind of stuff so it's, it's just a completely different way of of um, assigning gaps to people um, against the run, and it just fits Seattle's personnel so much better to is do that, a one gap thing. And we really saw a major improvement. Is that taking chances with your gap assignments, especially on the end? Like, are they vulnerable to to mistakes and big runs because of that? I don't think so, because it's a one gap when you declare when you're outside linebackers, a defensive end essentially in order to shift everyone's gap assignments is what every four or three team does. Right? So if you, you if you put Daryl Taylor's hand on the ground, then you're playing a four three um, and you're just setting it up that way. And so I, that's essentially what they did in this was they, okay, his hand wasn't on the ground. He was standing up Um to kind of mask what they were doing a little bit, but they were playing much more of a four, three in, in, in that game than, than a three, four. And it, what that did is allowed Puna Ford, who's a great, um, who's good at, at penetrating and getting, you know, into a gap. Um, and, um, 
Quentin Jefferson, who that's kind of his thing. He's he's a pass rusher for the most part. He's a guy that jumps into gaps and and wreaks havoc, even if he isn't great against the run and you mm-hmm. know all that kind of stuff. Um, it allowed those guys to go do what they do best, and that's just beat guards into the hole. Um, so that seems like it's going to be important to carry that over into this game against uh, Justin Hubert, a guy that's a pocket guy, can move around a little bit more manipulating the pocket as opposed to mm-hmm. taking off and running for yards. Uh, how important is it going to be to get pressure on this guy? We don't necessarily have to take him down and get sacks, but how is it? how important is it going to be for the Seahawks to disrupt timing, uh, push oh, the pocket around a little bit? It's going to be huge. Um Justin Herbert is a guy that can eat you alive if you don't get pressure on him because at some point you can't make your cornerbacks try and cover for six, seven seconds. You've got to get in there. You've got to move him. you got to get the ball out of his hand before he wants to throw it because um, he's just too damn good to not pressure him. They've got to, to get pressure in this game. So if they're in your win. opinion, who are the two most important defensive players in this game for the Seahawks? Oh, that is that is a good question. Um, I would say uh, Nuasu and um, you said defensive players. So then I'm going to go Woolen. That's exactly the the duo I thought you'd pick uh, for I mean, for the reasons you, you just kind of stated. And if you had said the, the two in the front seven, I would have said Puna Ford with Nuasu because I think Puna Ford as the the interior guy that can get upfield and and make a make the pocket smaller by really getting up in the quarterback's face he's the guy that you're going to see do that there's no lot. player that's happier than puna ford right now with with that little tweak um quentin jefferson well that is going to be right there with you right. although and and honestly like shelby harris can do both but shelby harris is gonna i think he's gonna show more statistically in this in this this version of seattle scheme than in the other one like I said, he's good enough to do both. Al Woods is good enough to do both. Um, but Al Woods was Al Woods is the the biggest loser in this switch because he was clearly the best. True, but lineman. maybe our defense, maybe our our run stopping ability has increased, and he's he's the primary guy there. Yeah. Um, I, another underrated defensive player, I think, in this game, is going to be Kobe Bryant um, because Kobe's got a nose for the ball i mean he's been uh, he's got four forced fumbles leads the nfl this is going to be one of those games if he is matched up against keenan allen keenan allen's coming back after a couple of weeks being off um and it's going to be really important to try to contain him. him it is a hard matchup but that you is know, a hard matchup for, this for kobe is, bryant this is a, the seventh game um he you know i watched the the press conference with him and he kind of came out and he was very humble guy and he talked about uh, the struggles early in the season that he had and that he felt like sometimes he was overmatched he was nervous he didn't understand exactly where he was supposed to be in in the scheme um and um and got cut out of position uh, a few different times and yes, since then his confidence levels continued to rise they you know they essentially benched him almost um for the mm-hmm. after the second game and he kind of came back and, and played more and his snap count uh, continued to come up. And then he started making plays and started uh, affecting uh, football games. And uh, now he's he seems like he's just kind of got this confidence thing that he didn't have in the first five weeks. 
and I'm I'm just really interested to kind of pay attention to this kid uh, going forward. Jim Thorpe, uh, winner last year, the best corner in college football, uh, had a little bit of a rocky start, but you know that diversity kind of builds um, camaraderie on the on the team, especially if he responds, and I think he is, and so. Um, He's just been watching him going forward significantly better the last three games than he did earlier um, before he got benched. But and, and it's, I don't really think it's the benching that made any kind of difference because um, it doesn't seem like he needed to be humbled. Uh, you ever listened to that's, Cody Bryant no, that's, talk? He's, no, that's absolutely, he's absolutely correct. not that guy. For him, um, it, it just is what you were saying. Like it's it's a chance for him to um, watch more film and 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 figure out more what they're doing and work on communication and uh, sit there and, and get an opportunity to talk with Diggs and be like, what am I not, what am I not seeing? What are, what am I not seeing that you are? And so that they can get on the right page. And I think it's really helped him. He's, he has come around quite, it's a huge change from early in the season. Um, the reason why I worry about him with Keenan Allen, I don't think he has the speed to carry with Keenan Allen. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the reason why Kobe Bryant, despite being the Jim Thorpe winner, wasn't uh, a first round pick. Well, he and just, he was an he outside corner too until uh, the 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 after the preseason game with Pittsburgh, they told him that they were going to switch him to being a nickel guy. Yeah. So literally, he's played nickel six games in his life. True. And so he's just he's still trying to figure it out. But that yeah that position requires more quickness than, than linear speed. speed. And but when you're matched up against Keenan Allen, who's the best receiver on the other team, he may be starting in the slot, but those crossing routes require you to be able to carry him across the field with all that speed. Um, and he'll also it go also, deep. It uh, also requires massive amounts of of uh, recognition on routes and yep. reading the quarterback and all those things those are things that kobe bryant is really good at already they, coming into the league yes absolutely that's why um i thought he was ready made for the nfl his him struggling early in the season was actually kind of a surprise and he was because, just overthinking because he's the guy out of all the corners in the league he was the guy who looked the most polished the most ready to contribute on week one maybe not the highest ceiling because of that speed issue, but he looked like he looked yeah. like the guy that was most ready to start week one. And so his early season struggles were kind of surprising. That's I mean, when they drafted Kobe Bryant before Tariq Woolen. While we were kind of frustrated, it made complete sense, you know, they, it, because they needed the, a starter. Exactly. They felt they needed a starter, especially with Trey Brown not being able to come and, and work right away. Yep. Trey Brown, I believe, is um, eligible to start practicing. He is. If the, He's if real the close. team, if the team wanted to declare him, um, but he is not practicing this week. I, I got an indicator from Pete Carroll in his press conference that he felt like um, he was a couple weeks away, which tells mm -hmm. me that they're going to wait till after the bye week. After the bye week, which is the about the right time. They, you, why rush That'd him? Be back a one before? year then from his injury no, yeah. in November so, last year. Why rush him back before the bye when you could give him two more weeks, you know, to make that knee feel good. Um, right. And I mean, I'm saying that that's going to be, that's going to be a lift. I mean, Trey Brown was, a, was 
looked good last year. Yeah. I may have, was, was I may have been him. surprised at how well he, because I wasn't expecting him to be good. Right. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that he was good because he was. You know, when you take a look at the injury report, uh, Artie Burns is still on there. So with a groin, I'm not sure what's going on there. He came back briefly and then he must have re-injured it a little bit and is mm-hmm. is not practicing um, this week. And he's one of those guys I expected to come come back and be available. So, um, one of the things that you mentioned um, in the last show, and I, I went looking for it, um, the reference to it. You said that Sidney Jones was on the trading block. Yeah, and and I it took me a bit um, to find that it was kind of buried, but um, I still find that really fascinating because you've got a guy like Artie Burns, who's injured and not uh, not eligible and so they they're short corners because burns is out um yeah. you'd think that sydney jones would be the next guy or really you'd think he'd be starting at this point yeah. but um which tells you how much they really like uh mike jackson you know and and a guy like uh isaiah dunn you know mm-hmm. and we don't know anything really about isaiah dunn he hasn't made a lot of impact hasn't played defensive snaps but he's on the roster. He's he's there, and they're they're wanting to trade Sidney Jones, who was their best corner last year. Yeah, I don't so you know go if from you being it has much to do with Isaiah Dunn as it is, you know, trying to find room for Trey Brown, both on the roster and yeah. and on the depth chart, um, and get him on the uh, get him on the field. Um, well, and, but, and Sidney Jones may have a market, you know. He but might, yeah, he he nobody probably else has. Is. Yeah, he is a bigger market than Artie Burns because Artie Burns is hurt. Um, and but with the fact that the fact that Tariq Woolen has has not just jumped over everybody on the depth chart, but also then been really good after doing so, um, makes trading Sidney Jones a lot more palatable. And Mike Jackson struggled the first few weeks. He's been better the last couple. Agreed. And he's like a yeah. six four. Like he, yeah, the, the Seahawks come out with two six four corners. I love it. That is, <laughs> that is Pete Carroll ball right there. Isn't that I mean, that's crazy? But then, when back, you, what do you do when Trey Brown comes back and and it, Trey Brown's in the mix for the other? I don't know. The other, I don't know corner. what you do with that. I think you run a you run it's a nice lot of time, and you have him and and um uh and Bryant both in you there. Definitely, I don't know. you'd run a lot of of dime and nickel in this game against um Justin Hubert, no matter what. You have, you know, to. I would not, imagine they're not that, a running team that Cody Barton is going to play like. 15 snaps in this game if mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i don't i just don't see why you would um why you'd run it uh run cody barton out there because uh the chargers aren't going to run the ball a lot. the well the the only thing that makes me pause on that is um they're averaging 94 the, the only thing game. that makes me pause on that though is um seattle is allowing 165 yards rushing per game and um it'd be wise for the chargers to try to run the ball now i know they don't have the traditional running backs to be able to do that but um (laughs) it is what it is and so uh one of the key players for me in this game is jordan brooks um the kid from uh the broncos alex singleton linebacker alex singleton had 21 combined tackles and 19 solo tackles uh against the chargers in the monday night game and so Jordan Brooks is going to have an opportunity here to be a tackle machine in this game if if they do decide to run. Now, granted, you can pass against the Seahawks as well. 
and Justin Hubert's their best player. And you're going to put the, the ball in, in his hands, mm-hmm. um, especially down the stretch. So I see I them running early. Them to, and if they're success, they'll keep running. And if they, I don't expect them to run the ball much. I expect them to throw the ball, but they're a lot of their throws are going to be extensions of the run game. It's going to be, yeah. Eckler swing. leads the NFL for running backs. In yeah. It, there's going to, there's going to be a lot of swing passes outside to Eckler. There's going to be mm-hmm. screens. There's going to be that kind of stuff. And in that case, like, I, I, I wish that, I had, that's what we had KJ right for this game. He's built for this game. Honestly, he really is. KJ Wright is one of the. I let me. I think he's the best linebacker I've ever seen at sniffing out a screen. Yeah, may not have been the most athletic guy, but he was one of he, he was, was he was so a tackle good. for loss machine on screens. I mean, yeah, he would just be crazy because he was so good at at. Oh, this is going to be a screen. He gets out there. He doesn't um, get blocked by the lineman. He gets you know through that and makes the tackle and he doesn't it didn't miss tackle he was phenomenal at that and and that's going to be something that that the current brand of of seahawk defenders needs to be able to do and some of that is going to be on him some of that's going to be on numasu some of it's going to be on boye mafe so eckler's got 41 receptions so far in six games that's he's he's definitely he's definitely a kid that you're going to watch in this game for sure um on top of his running yard He's still getting seven receptions a game. That's that is a bit that is a lot yeah, of touches. and has three hundred forty nine yards rushing too, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to what Penny had before Penny got hurt. So, um, okay, so it's prediction time. What's going to happen in this game, Keith? I I'm just I'm literally I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> normally, I come in knowing that you're going to ask for predictions and I'm prepared and I'm like, ah, here's my, what I'm going with. Um, but this is a game that I don't, because I don't know what Seattle's defense is. Are they the awful defense that we saw for five weeks or are they the team that was suddenly good a week ago after a, a, a scheme tweak? And I don't know which is real. Well, I, I can want, tell you this. The Cardinals have an awful offense, and it's not even yeah, close to what the Chargers have. Well, the Chargers are way better. I want to believe, though, that Seattle's defense last week was for real, and it's not just a factor of the off, uh, the Cardinals being bad. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I want to believe it. Um, I do too, yeah. And, but I know the Chargers, even if Seattle's defense is much more of what we saw last week, Chargers' offense is still going to... Um, move the ball at times. They're going to score some points. And I know that even though their defense is not the best, they still have guys like Khalil Mack who are just game wreckers. And he will he will destroy a couple of, of Seattle drives just by being himself. Um, and so I'm, I'm really doubting whether, like, well, what I know as far as all of this. And I... I really want to pick Seattle, but I don't think I can. I think I've got to pick the Chargers in this, and I think it's going to be a really fun game. And I want to say it's going to be like 27 to 30. And Justin Herbert's just too much at the end of the game. Wow. This is one of those games. Um, and, and to talk about the, the Cardinals thing and the, and the defense and the transition and so forth, you know, even if Seattle can duplicate the defense against Justin Hubert and the Chargers, I don't think that they're going to be necessarily as effective. 
as they would be against the Cardinals, just because it's the NFL. They've had a, a week to look at some tape. And this would be the second game that Seattle's run out this kind of tweak. And they're still kind of getting used to that and, and feeling that out. And this is a much more dynamic offense with, with a lot more weapons and a better quarterback, um, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray's his own unique player, no doubt about it. He's a special talent, but Justin Hubert's, you know, top five. And so um, th- there's that. However, Geno Smith is 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 just a player playing out of his mind right now. I think that he, uh, in this game, can continue the success and the trajectory that he's on in this season. Ken Walker, uh, I think uh, the, the Chargers are allowing 125 yards rushing per game. That's 27th, 23rd in the league. Um, I believe that Ken Walker is going to get his. Yeah. I think uh, defensively, uh, it's a good matchup for for the Seahawks. Um, they've, they've got a decent front. It's not great. This is not a run-heavy team. That benefits the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're kind of one-dimensional, I like our chances. Tariq Woolen on that outside. I mean, he's proven himself to be one of the top five corners in this league already as a rookie. God, that's so crazy to say out loud. It doesn't mean it, it's wrong. It's, I'm just, it's just he, so unbelievable. I mean, it's he, unbelievable how good he's been so quickly. And he came from freaking UTSA. This isn't a guy that was a dominant player at, at Alabama. Right. He was at the University of Texas, San Antonio, and is a converted wide Fifth receiver round. who who doesn't know, like doesn't even know his position that well yet because he's only been playing it for a year and a half. He's literally played like 24 games at cornerback in the in, in all of his entire life. And seven of those or six of those have been in the NFL. <laughs> um, actually, no, nine of them have been in the he NFL. He just doesn't he know what he preseason. doesn't know, which is the special thing about the kid. I mean, it's just crazy. Oh, God, he's just such a special talent. So you add um, that factor. You add that factor. You add the Kobe Bryant factor, punching balls out and, and making plays. And Diggs hasn't had a great season, but I expect him to kind of rebound at some point in this. And maybe this tweak defense gives him an opportunity to show better. Um, he has been in a position to, to have a couple of picks himself and just hasn't come down with the ball. So I think those opportunities are there, especially with the guy that's going to throw 42 to 48 times a game in this mm-hmm. game. Um, there's going to be opportunities there to, to get the ball. Um, so I see this as being a defining game in the Seahawks season um, because if you lose this game, you're, you've got a below 500 record. You've got some tough games coming up. Um, but if you win this game, it really does solidify your position in the division in the NFC West as well as propels you, I think, a little bit into a, a team that's got a legit playoff contender vibe to it and are the Chargers the best team seattle will have played the best complete team by a by a hair i I, i'm still thinking the 49ers are probably the best team overall but maybe not maybe this is the best team i don't know so they might be the they're either the best or the second best team that seattle has faced overall and the 49ers, which are the other team that's in those, just ran over Seattle. Yeah, well, that was in week two. This is week seven. I know. I and know. these are different teams, different vibes, different confidence levels. And Seattle's in a way better place than it was in week two. Now, that, that mm-hmm. granted, that week, for, you know, one Broncos win was, was pretty decent. But that was more on 
just adrenaline seemingly and 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 in the first half of performance that was it and the broncos have proven to not be a very good offense. the broncos have a great defense though i think they're probably the number one defense in the nfl they've got a really good defense god that offense is bad yes it is it's uh. horrible it really is <laughs> if they had anything close to a to a decent uh, offense they'd probably you know they'd be doing okay but it's, denver it's broncos have the, in terms of points per game the denver broncos are the worst offense in the nfl the bears yeah. are second than the steelers i mean it's the usual suspects it's the guys you expect to be bad right carolina yeah. um well Andy, you'd expect denver to be bad if it wasn't for russell wilson but, um yeah it's but no it's, it's tough i don't even know what to make of the whole thing yeah for, for russ personally i hope it game. turns around for him because i hate him having to go through such a such a, a trial but mm-hmm. it is what it is um but it helps our our positioning for draft picks you know currently right now we have denver's seventh overall pick in the first round and we're we're picking like 14 or something like that and the seahawks offense is ninth in the league in points per game and we've had a couple of bad games a couple of bad halves a couple of well there's been a couple of like, bad there, game against the 49ers been, and a couple of bad halves beyond that yeah there's been some there's been some bad football played by the offense but um there's also been a lot of points scored. So well, and that um, Lions game helped, helped a little bit. Yeah, certainly. Did. Um, all right. So my prediction is uh, the Seahawks twenty-seven, uh, the um, the Chargers twenty-three. Ooh, picking a Seahawk win. I'm picking a Seahawk win. I don't. Nice. It's it's one of those things where I just think it it all kind of comes together, and we're at the end of this game. We're we're pinching ourselves of of how good God, this team could potentially be because if they it, win keith and they win kind of a solid outing here I, well i'll take any win but if they win kind of in a solid fashion the conversation around this team completely changes oh my god it becomes a wait is this team for real <laughs> it sure <laughs> does because everyone was expecting the seahawks to be awful and looking at a three four five win team com- for over the course of the season, they're currently three and three. And if they go out and beat a charger team that is expected to, you know, compete for their division, even if they don't win it, they get a playoff spot mm-hmm. and have a shot, you know, at, at pushing the um, Kansas city, you know, for a AFC title game kind of, I mean, that's how good the chargers are expected to be. And they're four and two. Um, they look good so far. And if Seattle can go out and beat them on the road, in my or in la like yeah. yeah that's that's huge that's that that's a signature win that is um that is it, it would be a statement win that would hey, that would what? validate here. a geno smith but b pete carroll this would oh, be a, that would be a pete carroll signature win yep because everyone counted him out everyone counted geno out and they've improved enough to beat a really solid team on the road at this juncture in the season. To, oh yeah, you know it would be just a statement generating. So we'll see. And that's kind of where I'm thinking. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm not completely counting on it because anything can happen. But seems seems right. I, it seems seems like that's the right prediction. So all right. So um, before we go, uh, I'm going to completely change gears, change the subject, and go back to the off season. And you and I both, because of the senior bowl and what we saw from him, you and I both liked a late round quarterback named Bailey Zappi. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him 
that uh, at the time they hadn't traded Russ yet. We're like, maybe they should, this should be a target for Seattle um, as a player that they can develop and all of that. Did Bailey Zappi just replace Mac Jones? Yeah, it's entirely possible. Chart. You know, it's interesting. That, right? o- that offense has been significantly better in New England with Bailey Zappi under center than Mac Jones. And I find that to be really interesting given all the conversations that you and I had mm-hmm. uh, in the offseason thinking, you know, this kid's better than people think. And he's definitely proving it now that he gets gets a chance to get on the field in the NFL. Yeah. You know, it's he's got four touchdowns, one interception, 596 yards in three starts or three games played. He had 99 yards against the Packers, 188 yards against the Lions with one one touchdown, one interception, a, but a completion percentage of 81%. Mm-hmm. And then in the Browns, he just really had a nice solid game. A quarterback rating of 118, two touchdowns, 309 yards, 70% completion percentage. Um, and, and their offense looked like it was, it was moving up and down the field, yeah, but it's, it you know, and the Browns have a decent defense. So it's, the it's interesting. Don't. So you look at the stats against the lions and you're like, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. but it really, if you watch any of that game, it literally feels like Bill Belichick's pulled everything back and they're just trying to make life easy on this rookie mm-hmm. and they, he pulled it back too far. I would have and to he, see. He loosened the reins a little bit against the Browns and Zappy stepped up and performed um i just think that i think that you're gonna have to have a larger sample size here Um, okay obviously they've seen mac jones and and had mac jones in their building and uh for over a year and in practice and in games and bill belichick's you know can't argue with his success so Mm -hmm. um but it'd be interesting i mean you know it, it's been done before by the Patriots of generating some some buzz around a quarterback, a backup quarterback, um, just to have a, a commodity. And so they've, they've, they've probably done that at this point with Bailey Zappi. Yeah. But I don't know if he's their future. But he's, I don't also, know if Mac Jones is either. They've, they've, Bill Belichick has always been a guy that is not afraid to move on from a player and trade a guy. He, he's, you know, he's the, the prototypical trade a guy a year early rather than a year late. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Richard Seymour is a good example. Um, guys like that. He was ready to move on from Tom Brady two yeah. years earlier than Tom Brady left and, and roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's always uh, a GM out there wanting to make amends for a player they missed and, mm-hmm. and will bite on, you know, on something like that, even if it's an overpay. Yeah, and so Mac we'll, Jones, we'll see. If Mac Jones Mac, is a good quarterback, and if Mac you know, Jones becomes available, like, um, honestly, if Mac Jones becomes available, you're going to get one of the quarterback needy teams that's going to look at him at his age, his rookie, you know, rookie contract mm-hmm. status, and all that is going to jump on that and take them out of the market for one of the draftable quarterbacks this year. It, it's possible. You know, it is possible because when you take a look at the top of the draft, you've got Stroud and Young and Levis. Beyond that, though, those top three, those are the top three. And then after that, it drops off. You're going to have to go reach for a guy like Richardson. You know, if you if you think you need to take Richardson in the middle of the first round to get him before somebody else does in the top of the second, um, a team that missed in the first um, in, in the first round, uh, Richardson's a great prospect with a with physical tools like that you just don't see very often but he's not ready 
you know, you're going to have to sit him behind somebody for a while. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Cool. All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC hockey. You know where the show's at. Um, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, so you, uh, you get all our shows with you three a week. And uh, if you like it, share it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.